glad that you're here. I had a friend of mine text me today and asked me if we're having church this evening. I said, yes, I thought he'd be here, but I guess he decided to go elsewhere. Uh, I don't know, but anyway. Um, isn't it good to be saved? Amen. Amen. I certainly am glad I'm saved this evening. I'm glad I've got something to live for than just a temporary fix. Uh, we've got eternity waiting on us. I know we've talked a lot about it today. I don't know exactly what heaven's going to be like. Uh, we had a conversation Friday night again at a bite about how people supposedly die and go to heaven or hell. And somebody here recently said they went to heaven for two weeks and hell for two weeks. And I'm not going to come right out and call them a liar, but I'm just going to tell them I don't believe that. Um, I just, I just not Bible. But I'm thankful what I do know about heaven is it's better than anything that we'll ever imagine here on earth. Uh, as a saved person being here on earth, this is the worst we will ever have it. This is our hell. And I'll tell you, if this is as bad as it gets, I can't wait till I get to heaven to see how great it is. I can't wait to see Jesus and, and just be with him. Turn with your Bibles to Psalms chapter 119. Psalms chapter 119. In verse 129, glad to see each one of you. I know some of you are usually not able to be here on Sunday night, so glad that you're able to be here with us. It's encouraging. Psalms 119, verse 129. I'll tell you a little bit about this Psalms 117 is the shortest chapter in the Bible. Psalms 118 has the middle verse of the Bible. Psalms 118, I think verse 7 or 8, it said it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Uh, kind of uncoincidental that I think that's the middle verse of the Bible. Of course, Psalms 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. Do you know that all but two verses uh, of this particular chapter deals with something with the law of God? Uh, the Word of God, some way, somehow. Only two verses that I think doesn't mention something about uh, the statutes, the precepts, the law, uh, His words, and it's all dealing with the law of God. Pretty amazing when you think about it. So Psalms 119, verse 129. Is everybody there? Complete silence. <laughs> okay. It says, Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doeth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I long for thy commandments. Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me, as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Amen right there. Deliver me from the oppression of man, so will I keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of waters run down my eyes because they keep not thy law. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again for this time together and for this day that you have blessed us with. Lord, we thank you for uh, the country we live in. We thank you for this holiday weekend that we get to uh, take a moment and rest. But God, help us to rest and reflect on you. God, I want to spend more time with you. I want my heart to long for you, God. I want my desire, God, to be you, Lord, greater than anything on earth. 
Help us, God, to have a thirst and a hunger for you like we never have. Lord, I pray for those that are here this evening that you touch their heart in a special way. God, there's needs in people's hearts and lives this evening, Lord, that are sitting here this evening. Lord, I know that sometimes, God, you don't always fix, change, heal, or whatever the situation may be. But God, I thank you that your power and your presence is there nearby to carry us through, God, whatever the battle may be. Give answers where they're needed. God, some people need some answers. And God, we got a lot of people sick, a lot of things going on. And I pray for those, Lord, that could be here. God, that's just simply sitting at the house and just doesn't see it important. Touch their hearts. And God, let them know that they're missing a blessing. And we thank you and we praise you. And Lord, be with us now through this time. Holy Spirit, use me as you see fit. I can do nothing without you. I need you, Lord. I need you in the worst way. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen. Well, as I kind of already gave you a little bit of a background there to Psalms 119, a little bit of the verse, the chapters and things around it, it's amazing to me uh, sometimes how the Word of God paints things and uh, how it explains things and teaches us certain things that it does. And one of the things that I like about reading the Bible is a lot of times when I read verses like these, I understand that I'm not the only one that struggles. I'm not the only one that's got questions, that's got problems, and, and we're far from alone. But there's something the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything uh, is pretty much just a repeat, and there's people throughout this world, throughout the beginning of time, that has had problems. You know, when you read Ecclesiastes and you study it out, you see where Solomon asked some of the same questions you and I ask. Like, why, God? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is this going on? And if Solomon asked it, I'd say we're in pretty good company uh, considering he was the wisest man outside of Jesus Christ that's ever lived. So no wonder sometimes we ask certain questions and we have certain things that we don't understand and we don't know. Uh, let me comment on this real quickly based on a testimony that was given. There have been times I've gotten upset with God. And I've even told God, I said, God, right now I'm so mad at you, I can't stand it. Somebody said, you said that to God? Well, he sees it, he knows it. It ain't like I'm hiding it from him. And uh, was he wrong? No, he was not wrong. But I was. I certainly was. And I'll tell you the wonderful thing about God is that he is so merciful and so gracious. He'll look at me and say, son, I know and I understand. And he'll love us and comfort us and bring us back to him. What a God we serve this evening. How wonderful he is. Well, here in this particular uh, Psalms, I want to point some things out to you with God's help this evening to hopefully give you and me both some help. Uh, I want to bring my title, my uh, kind of the, the thought from verse 130, which is the entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding to the simple. Now we're going to back up and start this before this, but let me say, uh, there was a commercial on years ago. Uh, anybody ever heard Motel 6? We'll leave the light on for you. I think about everybody, but probably... Uh, these two babies, Drew and Kenley, and them two girls, probably the ones that hasn't heard that commercial. They may have sometime. I don't know. But basically what they were saying is no matter what time of night you get here, the light will be on. Well, there's one thing you've got to provide for people to come into your place is an entrance. The entrance has to be open. I, uh, you can't get into someone's life unless they allow you entrance into their life. It has to be open. Well, the same as God... Uh, once we are born again, whether you and I want to realize it or admit it or not, sometimes we shut God off. Uh, we close the door. 
We don't let him entrance in. I heard something the other day that I thought was pretty fascinating. So simple yet profound. Uh, someone said that when we, I read it, I think, when we sin, instead of being afraid to go to God, it's like being dirty and not taking a shower. I mean, that's truth, folks. So simple. When you're dirty, before you go water in your bed, you're going to go clean up. You're going to go. You don't want to lay down in that bed with with filth all over you. Same as God, when we've sinned and done wrong, the very place we need to go, sometimes we avoid. And I don't know why we do that. Satan's why I know why in fear. But God wants us to come to Him. And the thing that I want you to do this evening to think about is keep your entrance open. Make sure the entrance is open. So verse one twenty nine. He says, thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doeth my soul keep them. Do you realize the most wonderful thing on earth this evening is this word of God? Uh, It's greater than anything you'll ever touch this morning as we preached on the power of the word of God and how we can trust it beyond all. Do you realize the greatest thing you'll ever hold is this Bible, is this word of God? It It gives us life, it gives us hope, it gives us joy, it gives us courage, it gives us everything we need to survive and sustain on this sin filled earth. Thank God for the Bible this evening. He said in verse 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. I don't know about some of you, but I'm probably closer on that simple side than I am the intelligent side. I've said many times, you want to know who the brains of this outfit is? You talk to me for five minutes and talk to my wife for two minutes and you'll figure out who the smart one is. It won't take long. But number one, you've got to have a passage. You've got to have the passage open to your heart. Let the word of God and therefore the only way the passage can be open and the only way that it can enter in is be in the word of God. You and I must deliberately at times make sure we set aside time to read God's word, to pray, to study the Bible, spend time with God, listen to the right music, listen to preaching, listen to things of God, spend time there so the entrance of thy words will enter in if we don't spend time with him the passage will be shut and there's no way the word of God can get in and take effect that it needs to have and that we want it to have and that God wants it to have there must be a passage into your soul for the word of God the Bible says the eye is the uh, the door of the, of the soul in Matthew it says that uh, if there's evil in your eye along with light, how great is that evil? What it does, it divides us. Do you understand that you and I can be divided because of what we are allowing into our eye, the eye gate, versus what we should be allowing? And sometimes you may not be allowing anything bad, but if you're not getting light from the word of God, the light will start going out. A car only runs so long when one tank of gas. It giveth understanding to the simple. Number one, gotta be a passage. Verse 131, he says, I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Let me ask you a question. How long has it been since you panted for the word of God? Do you have a, a thirst and a hunger for the Bible? You know, been outside in this heat, it's supposed to be pretty hot tomorrow, like 94 or something the next couple of days. And outside in the summertime, working, doing things outside, you get so dry and thirsty and you pant and long for some nice cool water. Uh, I mean, man, there's nothing more refreshing sometimes than that. How long's it been? Are you there now? Hopefully some of you are. Do we have a thirst for God's word that we pant for his commandments like that? 
He says, I opened my mouth and panted for I long with thy commandments. One of the things that I'm amazed about God is that he's never failed to feed me when I've been hungry. It's there. It's available if we'll just go for it. So number one, we must have a passage. Number two, you must have a pant for the word of God. You must long for it. Are you panting for God and his word? As much as he loves us, what he went through to save us, what he goes through every day with us, to what he gives us, blesses us with, nourishes us with, loves us, the mercy, we ought to long for Jesus. We should be panting after him. We ought to long for the commandments. Uh, 132, he says, Look thou upon me, and be merciful unto me as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. I thank God he's got mercy for us. I'm so thankful for his mercy. I'll be honest with you, there's times I don't deserve it. Well, I never deserve it. I don't know that we've ever done anything to deserve the mercy of God. I'm thankful that there's moments in my life that I feel like I need my share of mercy, amen? I'm thankful that there's times that I thank God it's me again. How could you love me? How could you still have mercy? But I'm thankful he's merciful to us and the love that he has and those that love thy name. Let me ask you, do you love his name? Do you love his name? There's, and I say this a lot. There's people in life who can mention their name and it'll bring sometimes reaction I saw a video, and I may have told this last week or two. I don't know. Forgive me if I did. Uh, just let me tell it again. Um, I saw a video on YouTube here sometime last two or three weeks. This guy, I think he was over in uh, London or somewhere. I'm not real sure. But he, he was right out in the middle, right out in the public in the open, which is where, believe it or not, where we're supposed to take the Word of God to people because they're not going to come in here too much. And he had a, a like a, he had a, 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 a one of them things, a, a three legs, tripod, thank you, and uh, set up and had like a, a, a poster board on it. He had people's pictures on it. People through history that people would recognize that were hated people. Uh, he had, of course, Hitler and he had some other ones on there. People that you would recognize that were hated. And he had one covered up. He said, and that was probably 15, 20 people standing there, 15, 20 people. He said, I'm going to uncover this last one. He said, this is the most hated person that's ever lived on earth. He said, I can guarantee you when I uncover this name, he said, one of you will walk off as soon as I do. He said, this is the most hated person that's ever walked the face of the earth. He said, above all, he said, no one hates this anyone more than what this person has hated. And he took the, raised it up and guess what name was under it? Jesus Christ. Guess what happened immediately? Somebody give it this and walked off. He even told them that they would, and they still did. You know something? The world may hate him, but I want to love him more every day of my life. I want to love him with all I've got because he loved me beyond love. He loved me beyond measure, beyond what anybody or anyone could love me or do for me. Jesus did for me. I want my love for him to grow. I want to love that name. I want to desire that name. I want it to be the fruit of my lips. I want it to be joy in my heart and praise to his name. I want to love him this evening. But we must have a, a passage open to him. We must pant for him. Verse 133 says, Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. You know something, sin will have power over you. Number three, we must not let it have power over us. 
The Bible says, uh, Paul writing under the inspiration of Holy Spirit, he said, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. He said, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Listen, sin will take power over you. It'll take command of you. It will own you. It will destroy you. It will despise you. And yet it will turn around and use you. Thank God I have power over sin. Jesus gave me victory over sin. I don't have to be a victim. I don't have to be under his power. Hey, I have won the victory. We're fighting from victory. I've got power over sin. I've got power over death, hell, and the grave by Jesus Christ. Thank God for the power that we've got that we can use through him and it will not have dominion over us. He says, order my steps in thy word. Are you asking God to order your steps daily in his word? Are we getting in his word and say, Lord, I need you to order my steps. I need you to take and control me, guide me, direct me, give me the verse needed for today. There's times I don't ask him that. I read and I study, but I still don't ask him that like I should. Kenny Baldwin made one of the most powerful statements I've heard and I've tried to live by it. I don't always, but I try. I've, had, I've determined the last three months to read Proverbs every day of my life more than I ever have. So far, I've made it about every day. I think I've only missed one or two days that I didn't read it and I back up and read it. I want to read it the morning first thing. But because I'm not a morning person, it's a struggle to do that. Some people are. David Gibbs said it should be legal to shoot morning people. I agree with him. I'm not a morning person. I like mornings. My body doesn't. When's the last time you've asked God to say, Lord, take your word and order my steps today so that iniquity will not have dominion over me? It doesn't mean you're not going to sin. We're still going to fall in sin. But it won't have dominion. In other words, it won't have power and control of you. There's the difference. It's one thing to fall into a temptation, so to speak, or, or just all of a sudden it's there and it's all over you before you know it. It's another thing to allow it, to practice it, to where it takes control of you and it owns you. That's the difference. I don't want any sin to have any dominion over me whatsoever. I want Jesus to have complete control over me at all times. I want Him to guide me. I want His Word to guide me. I want to be involved in this word. I want to be in tune with it. I want the sweet presence of Holy Spirit uh, bubbling over up inside of me and the honeybees of joy inside of my valley of soul. Uh, so my valley uh, going about a beautiful day with the sun shining and fellowship with God. Hey, that's what I want in my life. Not the pain of iniquity and sin. Verse 134 says, deliver me from the oppression of man so will I keep thy precepts. So number one, we must have passage. Number two, we must pant for him. We must realize, not have sin, let sin have power over us, but the word of God power over us. And number four, we'll keep his precepts. Morgan said as he was leading service, and I agree, this world's dark, it's mean, it's cold, it's hateful. And I'm going to tell you, there's times it's not very loving. There's times the oppression is almost overwhelming. It's almost all we can do to survive. Jesus told us it would be like this. He said, in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. When, when Noah was building the ark, I don't know exactly what life was like. I got a pretty good idea. 
But when Noah was building the ark, I believe it was a dark time. I don't think people were very godly because it said he only found Noah and his family is the only godly people on earth. It seemed like everybody else was after sin. They were after the current thing, the thing of the moment of what life could give them. Doesn't that sound a lot like today? The people's after whatever they can gain from life right now. They're living for today. You can tell them there's a heaven uh, to gain and a hell to shun. They'll look at you like you're crazy almost. Folks, I want to tell you something. Everybody doesn't die and go to heaven. Only the saved do. Only the ones that are born again get that privilege, get that honor. I'm thankful that he saved me and gave me that privilege and honor. He said, deliver me from the oppression of man so will I keep thy precepts. One of the greatest things about life and about the word of God is the precepts of God will help deliver us from that oppression. It'll help us and carry us through at times when oppression gets so strong that you can't hardly take it, that it feels like it's gonna break you because he said here in the beginning, the entrance of thy words giveth light. When there's darkness all around you, I need light and God's word will bring that light. It'll, uh, the, the desire for God will be there and the power of God will break those bonds, uh, the, that bondage and those chains that's got us of oppression and that depression that comes from that. Thank God it will help, it will break through it'll carry you through when nothing will just trust it and believe in it spend time with him honor his word love him and it'll bring interest into thy soul thy words there'll be a passage there that'll be open communication between you and God that's what we need this evening that's where we need to be he said deliver me from the oppression of man so I keep thy precepts let me say this about this and I'll move on He's, notice the order that this is written. He first asked him to deliver him from the oppression of man, so will I keep thy precepts. I'm going to be honest with you. I got an idea to say here that he had already been in his word in the presence of God to ask that question in that way, to make that request. He said, Lord, I need deliverance. Then will I keep thy precepts. There's a reason why I think it's worded that way because sometimes in this flesh we get so overwhelmed we can't do it. We can't do it. I gotta have his help. I gotta have his deliverance. God wants us to lean on him, to trust on him, to put our faith in him, not in ourselves like I'm strong enough to handle this. No, you're not. No. God says, I'm here for you. Trust in me. Lean on me. Hey, desire me. I will help you. I'll comfort you. I'll carry you through. Thank God I've got him to count on, to lean on. And there's times I've prayed. I said, God, I don't have it in me to pray. I don't have it in me to read. But I've tried. And Lord, I need help. It may not come right away. Thank God I know he's carrying me. He's got me. He says, I remember that you're but dust. And I've got you, I've got you carved in my hand. You realize every time Jesus looks at his hands, he thinks of you. He remembers you. You know the Bible says he can't forget us. I don't know what went through his mind when he was on a cross entirely. The Bible gives us a little bit of an idea and a little bit of a pain, a little bit of a picture. He said, the bulls of base shame have compassed me. In other words, he said, I'm overwhelmed. He said, I, I feel like I'm under a complete attack. When he asked his father, why did you forsake me? Of all things, he could have asked the father. I think that's near the top of the worst things that he could have said. 
because when he needed God the most, God wasn't there. You know why God did that? Because of our sins. And because therefore he can look at us and say, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And we can say, God, I feel like you've deserted me. He says, I understand how that feels, but I have it. I understand what it's like to be deserted, not just feel that way. Thank God that I've got his precepts. I've got his word. Lastly, and I'm done with these two verses. He says, make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of waters run down mine eyes because they keep not thy law. There's two things I want to point out here. He says, make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. So he's asking him, he said, Lord, I want your presence to shine on me all the time. I want to be, the only way you're going to get his face to shine on you is being his presence. And the only way to be in his presence at all time is get, try to get as much willful, deliberate sin out of our life, sin period, that we possibly can. Live as clean as we can before him. Know what his word says. Spend time in his word. Spend time with him. Fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Teach me thy statutes. Do you ask Holy Spirit to teach you the word of God? Do you sit down and read it and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Teach me what you're saying. Teach me what you want me to know. Not what I want to know, what you want me to know. Because I'll be honest with you, I like the sugars and cherry plums and all the candy and cakes of the Word of God too. That's not all there is to it. It's got some bitterness. It's got some vinegar. It's got some things that's hard to swallow. But it's the truth. And it takes a balance. You and I must know that there's a hell to the word of God. There's a judgment to the word of God. There's a hatred for sin and that's there to help keep us away from those things to show us not to live the way some of the Old Testament saints lived. That's why it's written down. So we got it as an example. Amen. It says, teach me thy statutes. Teach me your law, Lord. Write them upon my heart. I'm trying to keep a passageway open for you, Lord. I want your entrance into my heart. I want the passage to be open between you and I. I don't want anything in the way. I don't want anything clogging up the roadway between us, the, 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 the communication, the fellowship. I don't want anything there, Lord. I want it open. And he says, lastly, rivers of waters run down mine eyes because they keep not thy law. Let me give you this last point. I thank God there's a provision for our sins. And that's Jesus Christ. The only way you're going to be broken hearted because of your sins is if you love Him. Right. You're not going to be broken hearted if you don't love Him. You're not going to care. Let me give you a quick little illustration. Most elderly people, which I qualify for AARP, I'm not elderly yet, but I guess I'm getting to the upper echelon of life. You think that's funny. It's coming, son. But a lot of people read the obituaries. I don't know if they're looking for themselves, but I think most times people look to see if they know someone that's passed away and they hadn't heard about it. With Facebook, most time you know it way before it ever hits the papers. 
But nevertheless, it's a habit. A lot of people carry nothing wrong with that. Certainly nothing wrong with it. But you read an obituary of someone that you don't know, it really doesn't shake you too bad. You feel sorry for those loved ones who maybe lost their precious one, but it really doesn't bother you personally. But when you read the obituary of someone that's part of your circle, someone that you love, someone you care about, it's different. It shakes you a little bit. It hurts. It's pain to see that in print, in writing, that this loved one has passed through the doors of death and you'll never get to talk to him again on his side of eternity. It's hurtful. And the only way that you're going to be sorrowful over the law, breaking the law of God and sin is if you love Him just like that. You see, that's why it hurts when the obituary of someone you love dies and is ready. You walk up to the casket, you look down at that body, and you see that face, and you're brokenhearted. I've been to funerals of people that I never met them before. I knew some in the families why I went. It bothered me for the family, but it didn't bother me for them. The only way you're going to be brokenhearted is if you love him. How long has it been since your sins really bothered you? Do they bother you? Does it break your heart when you recognize and realize you sinned against him? Do you love him enough that tears sometimes roll down your face as rivers of water? It should. It should bother us that much. Because our love for him should be so great the last thing I want to do is hurt him and break his law. But I'm thankful when I do. She's fine. I'm almost done. I'm thankful when I do, there's a provision made for it. Just as I said in the beginning, I think it's crazy to go out and work all day in the dirt and the mud and the grease, get all filthy, say, man, I'm so dirty, I can't hardly stand myself, but the last thing I want to do is get a shower. Well, that, that wouldn't fix a thing. I know kids, teenage, young teenagers usually fall in that category, young kids. But you could be filthy. And the only way to get clean is to get to the shower and get cleaned up. Same as us with God. When we've sinned, we must go to God and confess it. Acknowledge to Him that you've sinned. Admit it and ask Him to forgive you. The very person that you need to go to Satan does his best to see to it that you and I avoid. We've got to do that so the passage is open. There's entrance to his words in our mind, in our hearts when the passage is open. Keep the entrance open. The only way to do that is stay in communication with him. Father, we thank you again for this time together and for this day that you've given us. And Lord, I pray that this was a help to people. It, it was me. God, I thank you for the encouragement we have from your word for the hope that we have from your word. God, for the instructions we have from your word. And Lord, we just get to fellowship together, one with another and with you and your word. Thank you, Jesus, that there's times when we pray, you just hug us with your presence. You so overwhelm us. God, I ain't like that all the time, but I know you're there. And I'm thankful when I open your word sometimes and you come down and you visit with me and you read it with me. And we have sweet fellowship and communion together. God, there's nothing 
nothing in the universe like that. Thank you for that, Jesus. Go with us now through this week. Help us to take time to spend with you. In your name we pray. Amen.